Hello, hello, hello. This is Toothy Toe. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And I have the honor, the pleasure of actually having a good friend of mine, um, Dr. Dean Crystal, Dean Duru. What's going on? How you doing? Hey, how are you? You know, it, it's funny. It, it's funny. You, you know, I'm not usually surprised by much. I'm really, you know, I don't get excited about a lot of stuff, but you, we had a conversation, I want to say about a month ago. So this has been a mm-hmm. month in the making. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got a really busy schedule. So, you know, right. I, I give you, I give you a hard time, but I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy that you came through. But you basically started talking about like what you're doing in your practice, what you're doing to help these kids. Uh, and, and so I said, okay, well, you know, we've, we've had pediatric dentists on this podcast, but, when you talked about sleep apnea behavior, when you talked about tongue placement and, and, and all the stuff that could affect any parent, I mean, honestly, talk to a single parent and, and, and talk about their kids having tantrums and, <laughs> and not getting enough sleep. And I truly believe that all leads to sleep, right? We talked right. about ADHD and we talked about how that could also, you know, be enhanced or, or worsened by lack of sleep. You know, and, and what's causing all that and being misdiagnosed. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, uh, that's some that's why I wanted to bring you on here. And it's taken a while and, and I appreciate your patience. But let's give you a, this. I just want everybody to get to know you, Dr. Duru. I want everybody to get to know you. Uh, and, and so let's start with. Let's the background. Let's start with where you went to school. What made you want to be a pediatric dentist? Because that's crazy yeah. to me. Most people wouldn't yeah. want to do that to themselves. I feel like that's torture. But you said, no, nah, let's do it. Right. No, it's it's a pleasure. It's actually an honor, but um, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I did undergrad at Columbia University in New York and then went to dental school at Virginia Commonwealth University. And then I did residency in Brooklyn at Interfaith Medical Center. Um, and I was inspired uh, in the healthcare profession by my mom, who's also a pediatric dentist. And I originally wanted to be a pediatric surgeon. (laughs) So I'd always wanted to work with kids. I'd always just kind of seen, I always, I mean, I'm kind of youthful at heart, but I, knowing that they're a more vulnerable kind of community, I, that was, I was drawn to like making changes in their, um, and just helping them making changes in their health and being able to improve their lifestyle and keep them having fun essentially. So, um, after kind of being around my mom and just, Having her mentor me, I was a, her assistant when I was 16. I couldn't have any job in the mall or anything like that. I had to clean. And so at that time, I didn't want to be. I was like, this is boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the more that I saw her just kind of enjoying what she was doing and the more that I was enjoying being a dental assistant and just kind of at least having a small impact on their lives, I, I which ended up being really great because they still remember me essentially. I, that was the, that was the route that I wanted to take. And I realized, okay, I don't know if I wanted to go to school and be a surgeon in a sense that I really wanted that instant gratification to be able to, uh, to be, have that rewarding experience of helping kids immediately and helping a lot of them. So. Got you. Um, yeah. So I'd always wanted to, even before dental school. <laughs> that's okay. That's <laughs> I okay. went to dental school with that focus. No, know? that's all good. I mean, you had mm-hmm. a path. You had a focus. And a lot of people don't have that. So that's something that's really just admirable. Uh, you know, I want to I wanna dive right in because I feel yeah. like, you know, usually I, I BS for a little bit. I, you know, <laughs> da, da, da. But, I mean, honestly, right. like, I am just real excited about this. So so let's start. Let's start with, let's start with the basics. Let's start right. with 
uh, tongue-tied. Let's start with, you know, some of the things that you're seeing in your mm-hmm. patients that are leading to other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, this is, uh, I want to say first, is, is very, um, nothing that should be shocking per se, because once you start taking the CEs, I think I've taken, and what is this, we're in November, I've taken about uh, over 150 hours now of like CE just this year <laughs> wow. um, in regard to this, uh, pretty much I like to call it airway sleep and just um, jaw development of, of a child and total body health, essentially. And realizing that the ana- our anatomy or the anatomy that we learn in dental school is is all closely linked um, in everything that we do. And so we may have not paid attention to start with. <laughs> and that's what, that was one of the shocking things for me. Just like, oh, well, I do remember learning about the spinal oh, yeah. ligament. In dental school, you just wanted to graduate. You just wanted you just to just want memorize. To right. <laughs> you want to memorize so for the test. You mem- memorize your facts and be able to like, Pass your boards right. and like drill and fill. That's like, it. As long as you can make that box well, you're good. And so you don't really realize the connection or even what you're doing. And, um, and it was my mom who pretty much, she's always kind of been ahead of the curve when it comes to technology, just advancement and, and care, just trying to do the right thing, but in the best way possible. Um, and, and also always asking questions. So, uh, she started pretty much joining a small community that looked into doing at to start with releasing tongue ties and allowing moms to be able to breastfeed and of course tongue tie release with babies and infants is such a um hot button topic but um there is a need because when we're born we're born obligate nose breathers um and the reason why we are is because we are breastfeeding so when we breastfeed, our tongue reaches to the roof of the mouth, which allows us to, um, or allows the baby to eat and, and be able to take milk slowly and in a rhythm. And we have to remember that everything that we do, in, including our brains, our heart, everything rolls in a rhythm. Um, so it allows that process to develop or that tongue motion allows the process to develop and, um, allows the jaw to develop too. And, and we're eating and drinking or we're drinking or, or receiving nutrients from the breast the proper way. And so it started out for my mom, at least finding out that, hey, breastfeeding shouldn't be painful. We were doing this since the dawn of the ages. It's still done in many countries. Granted, we may not hear that it's painful, um, but they find ways. Like we had old midwives or grandmothers who used to go into the palate to, to actually touch it you know, um, and expand it while it's, you know, to allow for better breastfeeding. So realizing um, the importance of the tongue started leading into, you know, as she's been a pediatric dentist for 25 years. So that means all her patients, like, you know, that start off where they come in as very young, she's seen them in her old age. So she realized that, hey, some of these tongue ties that I did, they also kind of help to build their, to build their job. But I also realized that, that that some of the phase one treatments or even phase two treatments in orthodontics that I did started to fail because of tongue dysfunction or okay. soft tissue dysfunction. Okay, let's let's slow down because this is I mean, again, this is beautiful, right? <laughs> I know. Like you've just you've said so much, right? Let's start I from know. the beginning. A lot of people don't realize that when the child is born, 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, you know, their, uh, OBGYN or, or yeah. whoever might go, okay, let me evaluate the, let's see if they're tongue tied, right? A lot of the, uh, lactation nurses will talk yeah. about being mm-hmm. tongue tied, but most people don't realize that pediatric dentists can actually relieve that tongue tiedness, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. and With so. Training. We're training, exactly, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So who do you think most of the, um, uh, most of the parents, mothers should go to? Do you think that it should be a pediatric dentist? And I know you're biased because you're a pediatric mm-hmm. dentist. Well, but do you think, right, right. Do you think mm-hmm. that they should go to a pediatric dentist? And do you believe that, uh, relieving the tongue is always a necessity? Or mm-hmm. do you think there should be a symptom first before you release mm-hmm. the tongue, right? Because I feel like a lot of people are just mm-hmm. doing it just for the sake of doing just it. jump to it. Okay. Right. That, I mean, that's a great question. And Well, let me answer your question. Do I think um, moms should seek the advice or counsel from pediatric dentists? I think there are many um, midwives, many lactation consultants. Um, I'm not sure about pediatricians, but and no offense to the pediatricians, but there are many of an osteopathic physicians who are looking at the tongue as one of the most important things. And so in evaluating when a mom is having issue, if she's having pain, any pain with breastfeeding, which is a natural process, that should be evaluated point blank period. Now, if the IBCLC, if, if, if there's someone and mom always, moms always know something is up, right? So if there's something in which she knows is up and no one else is answering her questions, she should go to a pediatric dentist. So I, I don't want to be biased and, and take away lactation consultants and their agency and things like that. But at the same time, there are things that occur in which um, that are meant to happen naturally that don't happen naturally because they're missed. So it's not just a tongue tie, too. It's also the depth of a, the palate. So there's a time where sometimes the tongue is not as tied. However, the breastfeeding is not as efficient, right? Because they, it can't reach to the roof of the mouth to be okay. able to compress the nipple. And so that needs to be addressed also by someone who can release certain strains, cranial strains. And, you know, when we come out, we have bundle of nerves behind our head um, and in that, that sphenoid occipital region of the brain, um, and that's really soft. And so sometimes you need someone to help release that. Sometimes we come out of the, or not we, but babies, right? Come well, out we all. Of the, yeah, we babies. all, right. <laughs> we come out of the vaginal canal, and it's a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And so we come out and expect it to kind of just function normally, and sometimes our neck is crooked. Sometimes we're pulled out, so our shoulders are off. So things get... Things don't get integrated well nerve-wise, and so that also affects breastfeeding. It's not always a tongue tie. It could be a posterior tongue tie, which is mean a more depth, a more deep tongue tie that may not be able to be released, but could be released by going to get some body work or going to an osteopathic physician to be able to release some strains so nerves can start to integrate. Okay. Right? So the yeah. See again, <laughs> this is what you're doing. This is what you you're doing this to me because now I got more questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so let's just say that it's not associated with tongue tie. Like the tongue yeah. is free and moving around. Mm-hmm. What moving you're around. telling mm-hmm. me is there are other factors that go into it. Nerve yeah. pinched, uh, right. uh basically, you know, stiffness of the body after delivery. How they were taken out. How they yeah. exactly how they were delivered is very important. Right. Infection, 
things like so that. So who would mm-hmm. they go to if it's not tongue-tied, but it, you know, the child is still having a hard time? And I, I understand. The one thing that I learned, I took a class when, with my first daughter, and, and the one thing they taught us was, you know what, it's, this is a learning curve for both mother and child, right? Yeah. Uh, so if they're if it's still going hard and, and it's uh, very mm-hmm. difficult, right? So who? Do, mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do, and, and colic exactly? Who do mm-hmm. they go to if it's not tongue tied? Who would you suggest? This I'm biased. This I'm biased because I've I've seen the magic, and I will go. I would suggest a an osteopathic physician who ha- is specializing in pediatric, um, who's a cranial sacral therapist also who who specializes in that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some osteopathic physicians, they just, they're DOs and they, they want to, they go the Western medicine route. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some osteopathic physician who don't do any manual um, manipulation, which is that, and they don't specialize in children. So are they um, kind of like chiropractors? No. Okay. No, they're actually physicians. Right. But they, they specialize in manual manipulation chiropractors are more in more how do i say hard tissue right right okay um the and they're 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 also very important but they're a little bit i don't want to say auxiliary but a little bit more auxiliary than the osteopathic physician who's also kind of telling you and who's giving you advice about how what's going on in the head is uh, is addressed throughout the body gotcha. and how it's gonna be addressed. So there's a lot of integration. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, that's I would definitely recommend that first. And they often would say, yeah, there is a tongue tie here, but there's not a tongue tie, or there's a posterior tongue tie, or there's not, you know, or they can recommend different um or may, uh, supplements. They, you could the baby could be deficient in vitamin K, vitamin D, certain supplements. Um, that, that may be required for the baby to really integrate what they need to integrate. Okay. When is the earliest, um, time that a, a tongue tie could be released? It can be, it can be a two days old. A okay. Week old. Okay. So as soon that. as possible, let's mm-hmm. get ahead and get that released. With a skilled, very skilled, um, clinician. Physician. Gotcha. Clinician. Cause gotcha. an ENT can do it also, but what you don't want is them to just clip it. If you hear someone say, oh, they just clipped it, then it's possible they only got the anterior and didn't necessarily go deep enough, right? Mm. Um, because yeah. I see that a lot. Some some physicians will just come with scissors and just cut it. And you're yeah. saying to me that that's not proper technique. That's, that's, that's enough to, to have the baby. So there's a difference between thriving and there's surviving. And so we're, we're kind of used to in the same we – we're just kind of meeting – some, you know, certain milestones, and that's just surviving, right? There's no lump bump inflammation. They're all right. They're going to quote unquote grow out of it. But what the body does is start to compensate. You know, you have to think of it as a machine. It wants us to live. So, well, if it's not going to get the nutrients or get the, get the comfort that it's meant to get in one way, it's going to, it's going to kind of show you is as <laughs> so to speak <laughs> right. in another it, like as the child grows up so if you don't really get that tongue moving the way you should while everything is pretty malleable then you're going to have that you're going to have that issue not to say that you have to get the entire thing if you can't get it you can't get it the baby has to be healthy certain definitely have to have enough vitamin k so um certain things have to be in place they have to they can't just get the tongue tie released they have to get body work meaning go see an osteopathic physician. They can see a craniosacral therapist, but osteopath is a physician. Gotcha. So. What, what are some of the uh, dangers of um, 
improper tongue release or, release, you know, yeah, right. what are some of the things that could happen? Well, and, Worst and, case and scenario. the thing about it is it's, it's a, it has to be a functional thing. So if, if the exercises, well, first of all, if the baby's not ready to receive this tongue tie, um, meaning if their body isn't ready to receive this kind of surgical procedure, because that's what it is, um, then that could also kind of hinder healing. Um, if the exercises by parents aren't done the way they're supposed to be done, which is a, that happens, then you it's a wound, right? So you're going to have adherence um, and scar tissue, and you pretty much you may have something worse than the the, the tongue tie. You're okay. still going to be tied. You said that you said if a baby's not ready to receive it, what does that mean? Receive the surgery. So if they're not, if they're like I said, if the kinks aren't taken care of, things like torticollis getting to the root cause of a colicky baby or like acid reflux. Um, uh, what else, what other things? What about like um, NICU babies? What about babies that were early, you know, uh, delivered? They were delivered, delivered maybe right. two, three, four weeks earlier than their due date. So, so babies that are, that are, that are a bit premature, mm-hmm. they, they themselves will need kind of extra time with the osteopath, right? Before the help, tongue tied. Right. Okay. Because they've missed some steps. They've missed some steps before delivery, so they're going to need a little bit more time. Um, I wouldn't say like take a one year, you know, twelve month old, because at that point then it's it's a it's a little difficult. They have teeth, a little more difficult, and I would say then unless they are in, obviously not feeding or having difficulty, that there's certain overt symptoms that you have to release. It's like a class four is right at the tip of the tongue. You have to release. They're not going to speak well, breathe well. They're going to be not the greatest. If they're if they're at twelve months, there's a chance you can just kind of wait. Um, and they don't have a class four, you can wait and then start doing exercises using certain type of appliances to help them kind of mobilize that tongue, which is which is an organ. It's not, you know, and there's research now that it's not just a muscle, it's got uh nine pairs of muscles and then it's attached to everything. Right. And all the way to the tip of our toes through body fascia. So it's very, very, very essential and crucial to, and it's very strong. So, um, it's very important to get it developed early okay. rather than later. So, so, okay. So now we've actually released a tongue. You're saying that yeah. we need to do exercises. What are some of the mm-hmm. exercises that parents can do with their kids? I mean, just one or two. I, yeah, I mean, just one or two. I, I, so, listen, this is a 30 minute podcast. I don't want to be here. Right. All night. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? like oh, that's a dental but right. i mean it's so important so certain exercises that parents really hate especially under the tongue is just kind of like rolling their fingers underneath the tongue um kind of massaging firmly but gently just a you know a, a, a provide that release let it stay released i mean at the end of the day it is a wound um but um things like what else do they do uh, uh like suck training so putting the finger in there and allowing you know, putting the finger all the way. Like if they're gagging when you put it at a certain point where the, the the nipple is supposed to be, then it's not released all the way. If there's white on their tongue, then they still have a posterior tongue tie because it's not reaching to the actual roof of the mouth as they're feeding. Um, and so just being able to kind of roll underneath the tongue and, and, and keep it nice and um, and loose, okay. things like that, this- which is... This not may be a silly, right? This may be a mm-hmm. silly question, but mm-hmm. if not done properly, could the tongue tie actually reform? Yes. 
Okay. It can, yeah, it can adhere again via scar tissue. Right? Okay, it's and that's why of, you're massaging yeah. the bottom, yes. the, the bottom of the tongue. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. And multiple post ops. I mean, we we do three, four post ops, and we also do use laser pain therapy too to kind of help start increase the release and 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 things like that. So okay. So um, you're saying that after the procedure's done, the parents should bring their kid back at least two, three, four times to whoever did it to make sure that it actually has been released and everything is healing properly. And it's almost like a therapy session too. Like you know, what do you mean by that? Parents. For some, for some moms, I mean, it's really difficult. Uh, well, they first come, they come in and they're like, something's off. Everybody tells me he doesn't have a tongue tie or this and that. And, and once we, and sometimes they want it done like that day. And a lot of times they're like, no, you have to see the osteopath. You have to get the body ready. You have to get the baby ready. So after it's done, you know, it's still, and they can feed right away. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the children are feeding right away. But then you, you obviously have wound healing, which sometimes is not very fun. And they're like, what's happening? You know, so it, it gets worse before it gets better. So you kind of have to, sometimes these are first time moms. Sometimes these are, you know, moms who've had multiple kids, but they never did it for the other kids, but they know that they needed to have done it. Um, and so this is kind of hard. It's just hard because the baby is, uncomfortable you know i mean rightfully so and someone's in your mouth you know all the time trying to kind of soothe something that's been <laughs> that's been that's a little bit spicy right. essentially yeah so it's just having a lot of tlc having a lot of like skin to skin contact um and just patience really um but a lot of moms see the relief and and the baby is gaining it will gain weight. They gain weight finally. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, what are some of the um? We, you talked about like colicky mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the issues that could happen if the 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 issue of being tongue tied is not corrected? It's not correct, right? Because you talked um, about colic, mm-hmm. and a lot of people go, "Oh, colic." Uh, we don't know really yeah. what causes it, but what is there causes, a correlation? Right. Right. Is there like a connection mm-hmm. there? Right, because and colicky is is kind of like a gassy, acid reflexy type of baby, which pediatricians are very quick to give an, an, an acid, which research has shown is actually, it's been recalled, a couple of that too, that have been recalled, especially for use as an infant. It causes bone um, fragility. So Break that down. Break that down for us right there. What, they, what, is, what the research is saying is that the use of, antacids and and kind of like that pepsidase to kind of help mm-hmm. with acid reflux that we use as adults it for babies as their bones are developing it weakens it mm-hmm. so kids who are falling all the time and getting fractures i mean that's that's my um opinion as to gotcha. why they may be doing that all the time right. but i have other kind of that's okay. That's okay. Hypotheses. Right. But but the reason why they're colicky is that they're trying to drink the milk too fast, Mm. right? And so they're they're getting a lot of gas. Um, The other thing is, if you're not if you're tongue tied, then your your jaw's a bit retruded, right? I mean that fun you're not able to really have the proper function to allow your jaws while you're breastfeeding to kind of develop, and so you get constant ear infections and you hear a lot of kids who are getting mm. a lot of constant ear infections because now as we the the lower jaw is intimately related to the areas of the TMJ as is the tongue so if you're taking a lot of liquid and you're laying down while you're obviously being fed um you're going to have residual uh fluids which cause inflammation 
Okay, so, so let me let me break this down and just try mm-hmm. to make sure I understand this. Uh, so what you're saying is, if you're tongue tied, it doesn't mm-hmm. allow your jaw to truly develop uh, as well as it could, right? Mm-hmm. Which then makes it kind of push back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which again is connected to your lower jaw is really close to the ear canal and everything. And what mm-hmm. you're saying is that doesn't allow passage of fluid and stuff out of there. So it kind of sits in the middle ear, which then causes uh, uh, ear infections. And so if a kid has multiple ear infections, that's another sign that, hey, there's going something going on, right? So uh, to review, we have kids can't really, they're not gaining weight. They're colicky. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, too, hey, I'm getting a lot of multiple ear infections. So right. those three are something that says, oh, and, 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 and breastfeeding shouldn't be painful. painful. Mm-hmm. So those Just four. Pumping on the breast. Right. Those four are basically saying, hey, what's going on? Let's find out mm-hmm. if my child has issues with their uh, right. tongue and, and if they're tongue tied, you know, what can we do to try to help it out? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I love the fact that you basically said just after the surgery, you have to mm-hmm. exercise it. Right. Yeah. You have to exercise it so that it doesn't reattach. So that uh, the the mm-hmm. child is kind of getting used to this, right? Because now we're mm-hmm. functioning differently, mm-hmm. right? Uh, exactly. Let's, you know, let's talk yeah. about, let's transition to the muscles around your jaw, right? And how that could lead to other issues, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it'll be actually, before we do that, let's talk about lip tie as well. Let's finish mm-hmm. off with mm-hmm. that. So you have tongue tied, but there you right. can also have lip tied. Explain lip tied and then we'll go lip into tie. the muscle. Right. And lip tie is, is a bit... Simpler to evaluate and see if it's kind of wrapped in between um, the the upper incisors or the area of the upper incisors. It's going to be hard for the baby to flange and kind of evert their lip to to grasp grasp the um, the breast. And so, oftentimes you see babies with kind of dimpling and um, blistering of their lip, uh, which that's a sign that they have a lip tie. They're not really they're kind of gnawing or how do you how do you say they're not able to just re- receive um the the breast the way sh- this should be right. because their their lip is adhered to their upper jaw gotcha. so they so, don't create that suction well then i'm guessing right it, it, exactly exactly okay. they don't create that suction exactly okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and in that so situation that's easier to see okay in that and situation that's, how do you treat that it's the same thing. Use a laser, laser to release it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oftentimes what happens, you have upper lip tie, you have buckle ties. Those are also things. Anything that's restricting the jaw and the tongue from moving, any restrictions, they need to be released. Okay. And, you know, just think of it that way. So you keep mentioning laser, right? Yeah. And not every... Um clinician like we talked about you know some people are like oh we just snip it with scissors right, right? so mm-hmm. so why would somebody want to go to a, a provider that has mm-hmm. a laser versus just you know old school let's just go ahead and snip it or mm-hmm. cut it with a a blade what mm-hmm. what what are the pros and you know mm-hmm. of, of having a laser um well i do want to start off by saying there are some ENTs and pretty much the one that i learned how to do um the tongue and the tie. He's an ENT that still uses scissors. Mm-hmm. However, um, this is Dr. Zarush, Dr. Zagi. Okay. Um, however, he's that's what he's perfected in his hand. Actually, Dr. Gaieri also. Okay. That's what they perfected. That's what they learned. So they they un- but they understand the concept. So that the biggest thing is no matter what instrument you're using, you have to understand the concept of why and what you're doing. 
There are some people who do use the laser and they still only kind of like get a little bit, boop, boop, and it's 10 minutes and they're done. Mm -hmm. So, but there is an advantage to using the laser. We use a water lace laser and it, it literally, it allows you to be more precise. Um, it allows for wound healing, less bleeding. Um, uh, yeah. So when you're being more precise, you don't want to be hitting any salivary glands or ducts or anything like that. So it, it does allow you to, have some surgical precision, but also get some um, uh, homeostasis or stop the bleeding. Not not right. as much catch up. Okay, <laughs> not as much. Okay, so so I, let me just re, you know re, mm-hmm. reiterate what you said. So it it helps with uh, healing time. Mm-hmm. It helps mm-hmm. with bleeding control for bleeding, right? Because yeah. no mother or or parent in general wants right. to have to deal with that kind of post-operative right. bleeding. Right. right and oh, uh yeah. right and and so then do you think that the laser is in the end a better tool than the scissors based on what you just mentioned because it sounds like to me that the laser would be the better situation it, when it comes to post operative right i i i i do agree it's better especially for babies maybe for you know teenagers and adults you can kind of go either way because sometimes you have to put sutures mm-hmm. um and that's what i learned i haven't yet done it yet but you know that's where the ent's really like do really well but um but even so i think we even with adults um and and teenagers it's the laser is still pretty it's pretty well received so to speak, and healing time is less. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna end it here when it comes yeah. to tongue tied. Mm-hmm. I think we've covered it and we've gone mm-hmm. for a while. You know, for about thirty minutes here. Uh, oh. So I'm gonna. Yeah, I know. Right. Time flies when we're having fun. Uh, but I'm gonna end it here when it comes mm-hmm. to this um discussion. But I'm gonna bring you back in, and then what we're gonna yeah. do is we're gonna talk about other stuff like you know crowding. You know, we're going to talk about uh, your jaw and and how over time our jaws have have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, and what and and how that could actually lead to some of the issues that we're seeing right now when it mm-hmm. comes to knee embraces, when it comes to uh, snoring, when it comes to mm-hmm. sleep apnea, mouth breathing. Mouth breathing. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about all that. Okay, so this is a little. This is my way of just kind of giving a little, you know, a little preview of, of future episodes. Okay. <laughs> So, so we're going to stop here and then we'll bring you back and then we'll go from there. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.